0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Complete Interpreter, the podcast from me, Sophie Llewellyn-Smith, aka The Interpreting Coach. Why The Complete Interpreter? Because you are more than an interpreting or translation machine. And so I hope to bring you some holistic CPD with tried and tested methods for improving your interpreting skills and also some mindset work. And at some point, I still think there will be a sprinkling of marketing. Today, I want to talk about register. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Informal register versus formal register. Different ways of saying the same thing. But one way is appropriate in a particular context and not in another. In everyday conversation, we use certain expressions that would simply not be appropriate if we were interpreting a speech by a politician at some solemn and ceremonial occasion. It can be quite hard to be sensitive to nuances of register, especially in your B language. And this episode is really for people who have a retour into a B language. I want to give you tips for how to improve your formal register in your retour language. The reason I've chosen to focus on formal register is because I think that's simply more useful if you are a conference interpreter working in conference situations. But of course, you may not be. Perhaps you're a public service interpreter. Perhaps you work for um, immigration or for the police. And there you may well, for example, have to interpret testimony that contains four-letter words. So I have chosen a particular slant for this podcast episode. Take from it what is relevant to you apply the same principles in a different way if what you need is to improve your informal use of language but generally in my experience it's the other way around that rhetorists tend to be better at informal and conversational language because they have learnt their B language through conversation classes for example and they need to expand or fine-tune their formal vocabulary. This isn't always the case, mind you. I have sometimes worked with Chinese students whose formal English was very good and they simply didn't have a, a more informal or conversational register. So it can go both ways. But in general, I think people working into a B language struggle more with producing the kind of formal register that's expected now, the good news is that this is less of a problem in English than in some other languages. If your retour language is French, I think it's really hard to develop that formal, quite abstract style of French that you need in order to sound knowledgeable and intelligent. English is more forgiving than that. In English, you, there is quite a broad, neutral-ish register which is appropriate for many, many situations. And if you just add a few little elements of formality or conversely, you bring it down with a few little elements of informality, uh, then you can make that register suit the setting that you're working in. Generally speaking, what's jarring for the audience if there's a sudden swing, an abrupt difference in register. So you're ticking along quite nicely in this neutral, semi-formal Register and suddenly you say something really slangy or colloquial. That will shock people unless your speaker's done it deliberately for effect. So that's the good news about English as a rhetoric language. It is more forgiving than others when it comes to formality. Now, how can you improve your use of a more formal register? Well, I am going to record several podcast episodes about this, I think, because it won't all fit in one. And there are three stages, I think, that you need to go through to work on your formal register. You can do them concurrently. I'm not saying you have to spend years on stage one and then move on to stage two and then move on to stage three. But it seems to me that you need to work on the following three fronts. First of all, improving your awareness of what is formal in your B language and what is not formal. Then you need to do some vocabulary building so that you can create a a repertoire of stock phrases or turns of phrase expressions or idioms that you can reuse in lots of different situations, confident in the knowledge that they are formal enough. And then you need to activate that vocabulary, make it part of your active vocabulary, as opposed to something that you read in the newspapers. So improving awareness, vocabulary building and activating your formal register. And in this podcast episode, I'm going to talk about awareness. I think there's a big difference between your native language, your A language and a B language. In your A language, I don't know about you, but my register began to improve and expand mostly when I was a university student. I mean, to some extent, it did improve when I was at school and I had to write serious essays in my last two or three years at school. And we also read many of the classics and analysed the classics. And so I picked up a lot from that. Then I went to university and again, I had to write lots of essays I was studying phonetics as well as literature. And so uh, the phonetic stuff was written in a particular quite scientific language. And you you pick all of that up. But I think that's the difference between the A language and a B language is that in your mother tongue, you tend to pick up quite unconsciously uh, what is more formal and what is more informal. Simply by being in certain situations and observing, listening to how people speak and imitating other people speaking like that, you begin to separate out what is vulgar, what is colloquial, what is informal and what is more formal. And it comes through a process of observation, I think, over several years as you grow up. But a lot of it isn't conscious. You don't spend hours sitting there going... Now, was this word formal or informal? What could I use instead? I think there's a bit of that in your language classes at school and when you write essays, but a lot of it is just not that conscious. (laughs) It's not that much of an effort. Working on a B language is completely different. I think you have to go through some of the same processes, but make them much more explicit and much more conscious. And I hope that the suggestions I make today will help you do that. As I said, today's episode is about improving your awareness of what is formal and informal language, and beginning to listen to language differently and use language differently. And maybe before you try any of these exercises, a good thing to do is go through a brainstorming exercise just you or with a partner if you have um, a practice partner that you like to work with to try to think about the hallmarks of formality in your b language and really i'm talking about english because i work with english rhetorists and because i am english speaking myself (laughs) but you could do exactly the same exercise with whatever your b language is so have a think, don't just go and look it up on the internet, please, because that doesn't bring to the surface any of the knowledge that you have. Um, but have a think about what features of language you think are typical of informal versus formal speech. And if you run short of ideas and you think, oh, I've only come up with two things, there must be something else, why not just grab a couple of articles in the press, uh, one of them from a respectable publication and one of them from something less respectable and see if you can compare and that should help you come up with some hallmarks of formal speech or formal writing in in English as it happens or in your B language when you've done that hopefully you'll have a nice table of characteristics that are fairly typical of informal and formal language and by the way they are different in English from certain other languages For example, your A language may be one that has the tu-vu distinction, or in German um, duzen and siezen is what you do. So there is a an informal way of addressing somebody and a more formal way of addressing somebody. Now that distinction disappeared a long time ago in English. We no longer say thou and thee, we only say you. Therefore there is no way to apply that distinction as a way of showing that you are being formal or informal. Right, having come up with your table of features that make speech or writing more formal or less formal, here are some of the exercises that I want to suggest as a way of improving your awareness of what is formal and what is less formal. First of all, you could do some shadowing. I mean the type of shadowing where you are repeating exactly what the speaker says, which is an exercise that I'm not a fan of for improving your A language or your interpreting into an A language, but I can be persuaded when it comes to a B language. I think shadowing in a B language can help you work on intonation and pronunciation, for example. But here I am suggesting that you pick a speaker who you know is speaking in a formal style because of the setting. So pick a speech which is formal because it's a eulogy or it's some kind of um, prize giving ceremony or it's an inaugural speech or something like that. And then shadow that speaker. And as you are shadowing and repeating the words out loud, have a think about which words, which phrases appear to you to be particularly formal. It's also a, a way of getting used to saying these phrases out loud. So that was exercise one, shadowing. Now, earlier I was talking about how how we learn to recognize what is formal and what is informal and how it's a gradual and quite uh, sort of subconscious process in your mother tongue. But let's make it more explicit and bring it up to a conscious level by listening to interpreters who are working to a very high standard in the kinds of settings where you are going to be working or you already work. Uh, I said that in a really complicated way, but fundamentally what I mean is if you are going to be an EU-accredited interpreter working for the European institutions, then go and listen to European Parliament TV, for example. Tune in to the interpreters who are working into the language that you are working into and listen to how they express things and see if you can pick up some turns of phrase that wouldn't necessarily occur to you and that um, are more formal than you are used to employing. I think we all do this when we start out as young interpreters. We listen to our colleagues in the booth and write down useful phrases, or at least I used to. So I think that's, um, that's something that you can do with your B language now another exercise that you can try is to deliberately select an article that you know to be formal so it might be an academic text something from a scientific journal perhaps or from an academic journal or from a book that you know uh, is written in quite a formal style and then go through it with your highlighter and highlight phrases that appear to you to be formal. By the way, the reason I haven't mentioned newspapers is because the journalistic style in English isn't always extremely formal. If you're working on a text and if you happen to have a native speaker who can help you, then that can be useful because they can help point out phrases or words that are more formal. Another variant of that exercise would be, instead of just picking one text that you know is formal, pick two articles from the press on the same subject, but pick one from a red top, in England that would be something like the mirror, or the sun, or the star, and one from a broadsheet, for example, the Financial Times, or maybe the Guardian. And then read both articles and just compare and contrast. See if you can find expressions or sentences that are talking about exactly the same thing, but expressing it in a very different way. You might find, for example, that the the uh, article from the Star or the Daily Mail or the Mirror uses contractions more. I can't, I won't whereas the article from the Financial Times says we cannot, we do not. Or you might find that the article in the FT uses more impersonal, indirect turns of phrase and longer sentences, whereas the article from the Mirror is much more direct. Again, the idea here is just to improve your awareness, and by comparing and contrasting, you can see what devices the writers are using to be more formal or less formal. Something else that I think is useful to do is to make a note of any particularly formal or particularly informal words when you are writing vocabulary lists or keeping a note of new vocabulary. And in any case, if you're working on a B language, I think quite a nice method to use is what I would call the method of word clusters, where you take a big concept like uh, legislation or agreement or big or small and you put that word in the middle of a page and then you draw a mind map or a spider diagram around that word with all the synonyms that you know for that word and all the idioms that you know that express that idea. If you do that, you could write all the synonyms down vertically and try and write them down with the formal ones at the top and the more informal ones nearer the bottom you can help your, you can help yourself. <laughs> you can use a thesaurus to help you with this kind of exercise or a dictionary or a collocations dictionary. And you may well find when you look words up in the dictionary that some of them are marked as formal or informal. Make a note of that. Keep a record of it because that's gold, knowing whether something is, is very formal or not. Summing up the exercises that I've given you so far, or the approaches that you can take, I guess what I'm talking about really is reading and listening with a greater awareness of register. Sometimes people say to me, Well, I work on my retour by reading the newspapers a lot in my B language, or by listening to the radio in my B language. But as I was saying at the beginning of this episode, I think in your B language, you've got to do things mindfully. It's got to be deliberate practice and not just, oh, I happen to have the radio on while I'm doing the washing up. Or uh, I just read the headlines quickly this morning to know what's happening in the world. The idea is to be mindful about how language is being used. And therefore, you want to be reading and thinking, how is this more formal Than I would perhaps have expressed it. Is it, for example, because they've used a link like nonetheless instead of but? Is it because they've avoided contractions? Is it because instead of saying things like set up and put off, they've said establish and postpone? So instead of phrasal verbs, you've got a single word equivalent, which sounds more formal. So you've got to have that awareness And if you do some of the exercises that I've talked about and you read and listen with awareness, then hopefully what you will be able to do is to identify instances of more formal language, mimic them, that's where the shadowing comes in, and also keep a record of formality and informality when you are building glossaries or or taking a note of new or useful vocabulary those were my top tips for today for improving your awareness of register and hopefully in parts two and three i will be talking about vocabulary building and activating all these formal turns of phrase that you have been taking note of i hope that was useful for you do let me know send me an email, info at interpretingcoach.com. info at interpretingcoach.com. And do please let me know what you'd like me to talk about next time. You can email me or there is a form in the show notes. So you can just click on a link and fill in a very short form to let me know what you would like to hear about in a future episode of the Complete Interpreter podcast. Speak to you soon.